welcome back to Creative Currents. I hope together we can ride the waves of creativity, gain a little inspiration, a little bit of insight, Because I think the technical aspects of being an artist are, well, there's plenty of coverage of them all over the internet. There's plenty of resources available for how to do this and how to do that. But the more philosophical, the more nuanced conversations, it's clearly a lot harder to come by on the internet. Today, I want to talk about maybe something that's on a lot of people's mind around this time of year as the month of January comes to a close. At the beginning of this month, maybe many of us had set some new goals or new resolutions. And... As is natural, there's probably varying degrees of success with those goals and New Year's resolutions. But I want to talk a little bit about a couple new habits that I've formed and found success in. And I'm just like you, where I'll set a goal and I'll really hope that it'll work, but many of them don't work out. And Of course, I think that's because I didn't set myself up for success in those goals. But there's two new habits that I've formed so far that have been great for me. And that I think uh, I want to share how I kind of made these habits more successful, actually grow into habits rather than just being a new thing to try. Uh, So the first one is, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but I started reading, and I know that's not a huge accomplishment or anything, but I've already finished two books this month. And like I said, for many of you, that might not be a huge accomplishment, but for me, that's quite different. Uh, That's quite a different habit because I wasn't doing much long-form reading, obviously reading actual full books, wasn't doing that really at all. I actually had a bit of an aversion to reading. I was really kind of struggling. I have a short attention span, so it was really hard to get through chapters, etc. But the reason I've been able to stick with this, I think, this particular habit, is because I set in place a specific schedule. There's a specific time for me to do this new habit every single day, and it's right at the beginning of the day. It's 
it's not something I have on my list to do every single day. It's not something I'm thinking about, oh, I have to get this done before the day is over. I do it right away at the beginning of the day. So I think that's one factor. But I also think just having a time set aside to do it is a huge factor. Like, I can't just say, oh, I'm going to read every single day. I should probably say, I'm going to read at this time every single day. Same thing with artistic practice. Oh, I'm going to work on a sketch sometime this week. Well, if it's sometime this week, then it can easily be procrastinated uh, until the week is almost over. And now it's becoming a stress point because you didn't get that done. Nobody wants these new routines, these new habits to become stressful. So I actually took this approach with not just some new habits that I wanted to form in the new year, but in just being more organized around the things that I need to get done every week as an artist. Literal things like making music, making my videos, doing any type of visual art. I actually have scheduled time for those on my calendar. Because many of you, if, if you're out there in the working world, I'm sure you understand this, but your calendar can get filled up. And what do we put on our calendar? Usually things that are connected to other people or that uh, other people are relying on us or we're relying on other people for these calendar things like meetings. Oh, I need to go to this meeting because I need to show up because everybody else is going to show up. That That's mostly what my calendar was filled with in the last couple years. I only put something on my calendar if I was responsible to somebody else for something. But then I thought about what about my responsibility to myself as an artist and my artistic practice? So I set up a second calendar inside of Google Calendar that was just for some of the things that I'm only responsible to myself for. Things like preparing to make a video, actual video prep, like writing the script, doing some research, a dedicated time slot just for that, and then another dedicated time slot for actually making the video. It's easy enough for me to say, oh, I'm going to make a video every week or every two weeks. But if there's no time on the calendar, what I was finding was I was just, I was feeling rushed when it actually came time to make the video. I didn't feel as prepared as I thought I could. And it was not making me very happy in that artistic endeavor. I even have a time slot on my calendar now for specifically for making music. And you might think, well, that's a little strange. Aren't you making music all the time? And it's like, well, actually, I'm making music. I, I feel like I'm making music all the time, but it's just a little disjointed, it feels like. It feels like it's happening over here. It's happening over there. It's definitely happening, but not in a disciplined way. And I'm finding that that is a big difference between a professional artist and a hobby-driven artist. And there, I'm not putting any, any value, specific value, on one of those or the other and saying one is better than the other. It will, of course, depend on your specific goals. But if you are trying to break into a professional space... I think treating your artistic practice in a little more of a professional way, something as simple as 
dedicating time on your calendar for that specific artistic practice, that can make a world of a difference. So maybe if you've tried to form a new habit or if you've set a new goal and you found yourself not successful in that, maybe give that a try. Maybe instead of just having the goal exist in the ether as something that you'll get to, maybe start applying some schedule around that goal. When will you do that? When will, when will you accomplish that goal? Does it need to be accomplished every week, every day, every month? and dedicate a time. I know it seems hard, but what I've found in this process is that when I've dedicated the time and also not to put too much pressure on myself for that dedicated time, that it just happens. And another result of that is this podcast. This podcast has dedicated time on my calendar so that it can get done. And of course, it helps me get the podcast out, but the whole reason I'm doing this podcast other than to share it with people, other than to generate these conversations is for myself, for a deeper exploration of creativity so that I can find the time to think about these things and also formulate my own opinion on these things. So a little bit of scheduling, a little bit of structure out of your creative activities, for your creative activities specifically, I think it can go a long way. Consider giving it a shot. Let's talk about a question from the community. So I realized I had more questions or more topics chosen from the community in our suggestions channel on the Discord. Uh, so I pulled one of those today. And it's less of a question and more of like a big broad topic that we can talk about, but it's something that's been on my mind and I was even considering making a full episode on it, but here we are now. And by the way, you can get access to that Discord server by becoming a channel member. You also get the video version of this podcast as a channel member over on YouTube and it is the best way to support the channel and get a bunch of perks for yourself. So definitely recommend you check out the YouTube channel, click the join button, and you can see all the different perks for the different tiers of membership. But here, our question or our topic to tackle today comes from Stybander. Stybander wants to broach the topic of the dilemma of creating and releasing songs because you like it versus chasing playlists, placements, exposure, etc. I do see this as a bit of a threat to our creativity, to be honest. If you think back to why you started creating music, 
or creating art. Have an honest conversation with yourself and ask, did you start creating that art for external recognition? Or did you start creating that art because you had this sort of like insatiable drive to create something. Because what ultimately happens as we get deeper and deeper into the making of our art and we start sharing our art more and more, we kind of want a little bit of recognition, don't we? I think I think that's natural for all of us to want some recognition around our art and exposure and more people to see our art. Virgil Abloh said, the audience completes the work. So reaching a bigger audience, a more complete work, maybe you could say. But when the, the audience reaction and the audience perception starts shaping the work, I think that can cause a big problem. If you put it in the context of music specifically, we all know getting on a big playlist is the way to get a huge amount of exposure around your work. A lot more people can find your music in a Spotify curated playlist than if you just share a link on your Instagram story or just share it within your small network, small compared to a Spotify curated playlist. But now I fear a lot of artists are reverse engineering how to get on those playlists and those playlists are dictating what type of music we make. We started by wanting to get on the playlist because we make this type of music, but then we released a couple tracks, a couple singles that didn't make the cut for the playlist. So we started thinking, hmm, why isn't my music getting playlisted? Well, let me listen to the music that's on the playlist. Oh, this music's a little different. It sounds like this. They use this technique. They use this structure. They use these types of instruments. I guess if I want to be on this playlist, I need to make my music sound like that. I'm almost certain there's an analog in every different type of media, every different type of art. Oh, they're showing this type of painting in the gal in the galleries. I guess I'll go ahead and and make that type of painting now. Or oh, I, I'm writing this story, but this type of story isn't very popular. I guess the bestseller on Amazon is this genre, so I guess I'll start writing this genre of story. I guess I'll make my album art look more like this album art. I guess I'll make my book cover look more like these book covers. And do you see how this will generally start to infect not only our personal creativity as artists, but also the entire arts landscape? And I hate to sound dramatic about this, but everything suddenly starts to look the same.
So think about this as a consumer of art, not just an artist. Think about if the art that you're consuming day after day, are you consuming it because it fits into this box? Nothing wrong with liking a certain style of art, a certain genre of music. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But let's at least question the means of distribution. I think we can all tell the difference between an artist who is doing something because it is their natural inclination, because it is their natural style, versus an artist who is trying to fit into a mold. So I think when you find those artists who really stand out and really do things well, we should sort of... We should separate them a little bit. We should elevate them. They aren't just trying to fit in a specific mold. Instead, they are the setters of the trend, really. And if something sounds a little bit different, if that artist moves on from that trend and starts to do something a little bit different, I think many people recoil back and they say, well, this isn't what you used to make. And it's like, well, do you want your favorite artists to continue making the same thing over and over again? Or do you want them to grow and progress? And what would be the drive for them to keep making the same thing over and over again? What would be the drive for you to be making the same thing over and over again? If we're more critical of our own consumption of art, and we rely less on these curated means of distribution that have now had a cyclical effect. Not only are they curating collections of art of a similar style, but now they are dictating that style themselves. If we are more attuned to the nature of this, I think we can sort of defend the whole artistic landscape. We just need to be both more mindful consumers of art and more mindful creators of art. Thank you again to Stybender for submitting that question today.
I have two interesting things for you to check out. One that is similar in nature to this podcast and one that is just fun and that I think you'll enjoy. The first one comes from Bobby Limes and it is of the same nature or of a similar nature to this podcast. And it is a YouTube video titled, Is Electronic Music Burning You Out? We'll link that in the description down below. And the second link I would like to share with you is just a fun musical performance. You're hearing a little bit of it now. By Soaring Tortoise. YouTube channel I just stumbled across in the past week. I shared this on our live stream as well. But you're hearing a rotating speaker that's mic'd in stereo, and the artist is performing on a few pieces of small cork synths. And it's just, to me, a fascinating performance. In one funny joke from the stream, somebody mentioned saying that they were looking at their future in retirement. I think watching this video will bring you to some alternative version of the future. It's definitely different than a lot of the things you see going on in electronic music today. So I just want to share that with you. I think it's a great performance, almost like a palate cleanser to what's going on currently in music. And with that, we are at the end of our show today. I want to thank everybody for all the support around this podcast. I've had a great time making it. And we're going to continue on next week. So make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, A rating and a follow on your podcast platform of choice does a great deal of help for getting the podcast to more people, more listeners. Of course, if you have other creatives in your life, please feel free to share it with them. If you want to support the show in a big way and support my channel in a big way, assuring that I'm able to continue to offer this podcast, offer resources and tutorials for musicians and creatives online, Becoming a channel member is the best way to do that, and I've also included quite a few perks in channel membership. So, youtube.com slash Tatro, click that join button, and you'll be able to see all the different channel perks for all the different tiers can find a tier that's right for you. For now, thank you for listening to another episode of Creative Currents. This has been Tatro. Have a good one.